Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 10. We're going to continue in our series, Present Pain and Future Glory. And our purpose is greater than our pain. And what awaits us is greater than what faces us. And I wanted uh, to say a few things, and I want you to write these down before we get to the text. And again, you're going to Luke chapter 10. And today, I do know in March, I would have been in full-time ministry. It will be 37 years. And so when they were worshiping, it seems like Pastor Steve and the team brought back all the goodies. Isn't that something? Those were ones we sang in the 80s, y'all. And they don't even sing, I exalt thee anymore. That's when people were using old King James, not new living or the passion. And, and so, and that's good. But today when we were worshiping, it hit me in three years, come this spring, I would have been in the ministry full-time for 40 years. And I stand or sit before you today here in Ventura online, and I can say Jesus and his beauty is so overwhelmingly good. And he's the one who began a good work in me, and he's still completing it till that day in Jesus Christ. And today when I'm going to preach and speak, I have never spoken on the Good Samaritan in a 42 42 years of following Jesus and almost 37 years of being in full-time ministry. I am so excited and anticipating. I believe what we're going to share today has the potential to see California healed. And we, the church, not other organizations uh, by themselves, not governments, not business, not just family, but the church of Jesus Christ has the power to heal any state, any neighborhood, any region, any generation, because Jesus Christ is in the changing business. Amen. And so I'd like you to write some statements down and then we'll read the scripture. I really do believe this, that God's purpose for future glory for us, do you get that? God's purpose for future glory for us and through us. I don't want just future glory for my pain, for me. I want future glory that will go through me to other people. I'd like to do this. Indifferent, indifference is a heart that is aware but doesn't care. I'm going to say that again because I'm going to come back to that. Indifference, and we're seeing that across this land in our state where people are becoming indifferent. Indifference is a heart that is aware of what's happening in our generation in time, but they don't care. That's what indifference is. Indifference is we're aware, but we really do not care. I want to give you a third statement. Indifference arises out of a dead faith. I'm watching what's happened in the last few weeks and really the summer into the fall. Uh, and I want you to know when we make a difference, it will not arise from a dead faith, but a living faith and a living God that cannot sit by and just watch the world go to hell and say, que sera, sera, no, 
I don't want to be just a priest or a Levite. I want to be a good Samaritan. And so again, indifference right, arises out of a dead faith. I want to say one other one. Pity will cause us to notice someone's pain, but compassion will cause us to act on their pain. Did you get that? When we pity a situation or a person, it will cause us to notice it, but compassion causes us to act on that pain. Can you say amen? Now, we're in Luke chapter 10, and I want you to know pain is in our world in many forms and expressions and dimensions. And the parable of the Good Samaritan is a part of present pain and future glory, for it indicates what relationship we all should have with those who are suffering. And that's very important. In the gospel, there, be, there really belongs in an organic way the parable of the Good Samaritan. In our world, there is present pain through which we can experience future glory. Get this. As we give, please get this, as we give our whole and our best self. California is the greatest state in this nation, and she can be healed and radically revived if we are willing to give not only our whole self, but our best self to those who are in pain in our lives. I tell you, two years from now, you would not recognize the Golden State as we as a church become a community where everybody is a good Samaritan. Amen? And we really do believe that. And so here we go. Before we read, let me just tell you what's happening in this chapter. Jesus, in chapter 10 of Luke, he sends out the 70. They come back and they're excited. And they said, Lord, even demons are subject to us in your name. And they're just rejoicing. Then they had a lawyer ask Jesus a question. He said, Lord, what is the greatest command? And Jesus flipped it on him. He says, hey you tell me what it, how do you read it or what's your take on it and the attorney or the lawyer he really wasn't a civil attorney he wasn't one who litigated legally he was an expert in the law this guy knew Jewish law like no one else and he said you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart if you know it say it with me with all your heart with all your mind with all your soul and with all your strength and that's from Deuteronomy six, four, and five. Then he adds to it Leviticus chapter 19, I believe verse 18, where it says, you shall love your neighbor or you shall love the stranger amongst you. And he says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus said, yes, that you've spoken well, you can have eternal life. I mean, you're speaking well. Then this, this guy is seeking to justify himself. He says this, he said, who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells a parable. Now a parable is a story. It's not a real uh, circumstance. And there are about 40 parables in the gospel. This one is the most misunderstood. And but this one has power in revelation to awaken us to to show us how California, our neighborhoods, Ventura County, LA can be saved. It's a lie from the pit of hell. God loves California. 
And you say, well, how do you know? Because where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. So that means California has more grace than any other state. Alabama doesn't have any grace? Come on. They don't think they have any sin. Okay, okay, here we go, here we go. So I want you to look for the three characters, a priest, a Levite, a good Samaritan, someone whose life was ravaged by robbers, the inn and the innkeeper. So here we go. Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down, underline the word down, from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Underline that, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, underline the word chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed on the other side. A key phrase in this story, it's a parable. He passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that place, came and looked, and the Levite, Levite as well, say it with me, pass by on the other side. Verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Notice the difference between pity and compassion. Pity sees, they're aware, but they really do not care. But compassion sees and they act. It says this, when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn, took care of him on the next day. It says here, on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So then Jesus, in verse 29, it's the lawyer that says, who is my neighbor? Write that down, who is my neighbor? Then Jesus changes the question. He flips it on this one who's trying to self-justify himself the number one enemy of God justification is self-justification did you hear that the number one enemy of justification from Christ is not sin that's what he died for the number one enemy of God Christ Jesus justification is self-justification and Jesus says this I love this so which of these three do you think was his neighbor to him who fell among the thieves and he said he who showed mercy on him then Jesus said to him go and do likewise can you say amen. I want to do this today. We're going to go back and I'm just going to go through these verses if you don't mind. And I want to begin to just uh, tell you some facts about the time when Jesus told this story. It says, and Jesus answered a certain man who went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Let's just stop right there. Jerusalem, even today, is about probably 3,000 feet up. And so when it says the road uh, went to Jericho, it did go down because Jericho was about 1,000 feet. Now, this road was very famous. It was even mentioned years before Christ was born in the book of Joshua. And Joshua is the first book in the Old Testament that begins 
represents the history of the people of God. In Joshua 18, they call it a dullum, and it means a blood path because this road was known for vandalism, for rob- people being robbed, for people being murdered. And as it went down, it had many curves, and, it, and they had cliffs where they could just throw people or wounded person off the cliff, and that's why they called it the blood path. They all would have been familiar with this story. They would have absolutely been familiar with this story. It would be like today, we may know areas maybe in LA or New York City, if you're there, maybe areas not to go by yourself. So Jesus is telling this parable and he's saying there was a certain man who went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Let's read on. And it says he fell among thieves. Now get these uh, adject- not adjectives, but verbs that, w- that happened to him. Number one, they stripped him of his clothing. When you're stripped, it, it, it literally means you're vulnerable, you're exposed. And what's happened, I'm shocked what's happened in the last four to five years in California, in the nation, in the world, it seems like people are more volatile now than they were in my entire lifetime. And so I want you to get this stripped him of his clothing they wounded him and that's not just one wound it's written in the greek in the present tense they kept wounding and wounding and wounding and wounding so many people across the nation i know on the west coast in the wild wild west after covid i'm hearing from many lead pastors how couples and families are needing counseling and i don't know if covid caused the wounds but it exposed the wounds maybe of a long-term marriage and marriages are falling apart. Why? Because it seems like they were surrounded by a bunch of thieves. And can I tell you, the thief is not God trying to teach you and I a lesson. Satan comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He is the ultimate robber. And can I say he's not going to hit you once. He's going to hit you again and again and again and again and again. And that's what priests and Levites are for. But when we become professional believers, it causes us to pass on the other side instead of becoming the good Samaritan. Amen. And so get this. It says as they wounded him and departed, uh, departed, leaving him half dead. I want you to really understand that half dead, meaning he barely had a spark of life within him. Let's read on. Now by chance, that word comes again, a certain priest came down that road. So a priest is someone who worked in the temple. He brought sacrifice. He prepared worship, came down that road. And when he saw him, get this, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite. Now, a Levite was also one who helped in the temple, the Ark of the Covenant, preparing the sacrifice. When he arrived at that place, came and looked. You see, that's what pity does. Pity will come. Oh, what's happening there? Oh, I don't have time for this. And they walk away to the other side. And he passed by the other side but a certain Samaritan I just want to say right here as we're reading the priest in the Levite Levite I really think they were virtual signaling along with this lawyer that they really their faith 
Their Christianity is based on their own self-justification instead of having God justify them. And I don't believe the day and age that we live in, God doesn't need any of us, myself included, to be a professional believer. He needs us to be convicted and aware where we are moved with the compassion of God, where when we see something, we're not, I'll call Pastor Jude. Oh, no, let Pastor Becky do it. We'll call Florence and Ramsey. Can I say California needs more than Florence, Ramsey, Jude, and Becky. They need an entire church of people who are moved to action because of what they see and feel. Are you with me? And they really, we really need that. And can I say, if you are that virtuous and I'm that virtuous and we're that compassionate, we really do not have to tell anyone. When people are very successful and affluent, they don't have to walk around saying, hey, I'm wealthy. Or if someone can sing well, you should see the people who try out for the worship team. They tell Pastor Steve, I can sing, I can sing. My other church loved it. And it's like, you may feel called to sing, but we're not called to listen to you sing. Are you with me? If you are that gifted, we won't know when you open your mouth. And, and, and so we don't need to really do virtual uh, signaling here. Now, I want you to do this. The way California can be healed, I want you to get this. It is giving our whole and best self. Write that down. The way this city can be healed, I don't care if you are a janitor, a barista, a real estate agent, you work at the pier, it does not matter. It's we given our best self and our whole self versus indifference. Did you get that? When we become indifferent, we have no power to heal our homes, our families, our neighborhood, our state, our nation, and our world. Indifference never transforms anyone. And remember, it's not just future glory for me. It's through me. It's not just future glory for you. It is through you. Okay. And I wrote this down. An indifferent church will never bring future glory to our neighbors, to our city, to our nation and our world. Now get this. When Jesus was asked by the lawyer, what is the greatest command? He goes, well, how do you read it? You're an expert. He quoted again, Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. You shall get it. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. That's your personality, your intelligence, and all your strength. Then he adds Leviticus, and you shall love the stranger. You shall love the neighbor. Now, I want you to write this down. It's very important. We are either going to succumb to being indifferent, and an indifferent church is a dead church. And an indifferent church is only thinking kind of like the Levite and the priest that we want to pass by on the other side because the person that we're looking at, we have the mentality, maybe like this was their mentality, that, oh, he was robbed, he was beat, they left him in a vulnerable position because he probably sinned, he's not like us, I mean, he's not like a priest, he's not like a Levite, and he is deserving it. But it was a good Samaritan who was the most despised group of people of Jesus' time. 
dying. In fact, you must know this. The Samaritans were a mixed race, and the Jewish people strongly and clearly despised them. In fact, before Christ was born, the Jewish people destroyed uh, the Samaritan temple. So in John 4, when Jesus is at the well with the Samaritan woman, he said, I must go through Samaria. You really need to begin to vibe with Jesus right now, who never virtual signals anyone because he doesn't need to. He has shown us that he is the ultimate good Samaritan. And when he goes to her, she says, how is it that you being a Jew and me being a Samaritan woman, that you're having a conversation with me? In John 8, it's unbelievable. Jesus is really making some bold claims. He says this, before Abraham was ever born, and Abraham's a father of the Jewish faith, I was, I am. And they said, who are you? You're not even 50. That you uh, were born, you knew Abraham rejoiced to see your day. And again, he said, before Abraham was, I am. And they wanted to stone him. And you know what they said in John 8? In John 8, they said, now we know. You are definitely a Samaritan and you have a demon. And that's how a priest and a Levite would have thought about a Samaritan. In fact, if you really want to go low, okay, California people are nice. They'll fight and they'll argue. They'll have conflict, but they're not like Louisiana people. Because Louisiana people, when they go low, we go lower. You understand? California, they go low, then we kind of go medium low. No, in Louisiana, if you call me ugly, I say, well, your mama's ugly, or you understand? I mean, we just go really low. So really, for them, it would be like today if you are conservative and you see a liberal who has a flat tire and you know uh, they're liberal because they have a feel the burn sign on their car and you're driving and, and you know, now, now, you know, and you roll down your window and go, Mac at you, you know, I mean, there is no way a Samaritan and a Jew would ever talk. It would be like Joe Biden and Trump becoming besties. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It was a huge divide. And so the Levite, he passed on the other side. The priest passed on the other side. Now, you need to just get this. I want you to really get. I'm the same way. There are times when I go to Vaughn's because we live off of Pierpont in one of the lanes. And if I see someone who is hurting or they look volatile and they're talking to themselves and they're ranting, they're raving, maybe they're they're, uh, using foul language, if the table is them, I'll kind of walk. It's not meaning that at all. In fact, this means an absolute turning away from a hurting individual. It's not just passing on the other side to make ourselves safer or where we feel more comfortable. It's an absolute turning of the mind, the heart, and the conviction away from a human being that is in a desperate situation. And this is what I put here, the other side. It's anti and it's complete ignoring and it is shunning of an individual. And what Jesus is saying in this allegory, it's not even really an allegory, this parable, this story. It doesn't matter what bumper sticker they have on their car. We cannot completely ignore them because they're a human being. And Jesus Christ came into the world to bring future glory to every human being that's ever been born. Are you with me on that? 
And, and you must begin to know this. I, I begin to think of, I would say, one of the greatest good Samaritans, and we're going to go back to this story, is uh, Mother Teresa. I don't know. No one ever has anything negative to say about Mother Teresa. One day she was in Calcutta. She was washing the wounds of a leper who was dying. They had five businessmen. And they said, Mother Teresa, do you mind? May we take a photograph with you? And she said, sure. They took the photograph. They were walking on. And one of the business people said this. I wouldn't do that for a million dollars. She was so smart. She said, neither would I. She said, I only do it because of five words. You did it unto me. And that's the heart of the good Samaritan. Not being a class-oriented person. Not being, well, they voted for this one. They voted for that one. Let the flat tire be. Maybe the Lord's trying to teach him. No, 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 no. California cannot be saved by that indifference. We have to share the heart of God for everyone. Come on. Another thing that Mother Teresa, one day she was, once again, her and the Sisters of Mercy, they thought no one should ever die alone. No one. I think that was one of the tragedies of COVID, where people's relatives, it could have been a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a dad, or mom, they couldn't go in and be with them. They had to look through an iPad or a window. Can I say right now, humanity deserves dignity, no matter who they are. And this good Samaritan had the heart of God. Never think God wants people, I mean, really would act in an inhumane way. The priest was inhumane. The Levite was inhumane. But when Christ comes in and changes us, we begin to have a heart for all people. Let's read on. Let's read on. Let's read on to this one. And we'll continue. It says this. It says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. I want you to just underline that. That compassion is a Greek word that you're moved deeply and you almost have an anger about this. Now, I want to stop. I have been mortified. I mean mortified. I saw this a couple weeks ago on the news. A woman of color in Washington, D.C., the federal city, our capital city, is on a metro bus. And they had a group of teenagers uh, get on the bus. Right before that, she was an older woman. She gave her seat to another woman who had a child. And the teenagers were using foul language. And she said, hey, guys, would you mind? They have children on the bus. And because she said that, can you change your language? They began to beat her like a bunch of pack wolves. They ruthlessly, without heart, began to beat her. And the bus driver or no one on that bus even said one thing. And I have to say something. I am not that person. I am a person, even if I don't know you, I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what your hair is. I don't care what your background is. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. But if someone is hurting, if I believe in justice, I'm going to say, you knock it off right now or you're going to have a piece of me. I mean, that's not even right, but even as Christians, a lot of times, we, we want to clock in and clock out, and I just want to say this, indifference is a heart issue. But let me tell you, I think the two things going on in the church in California and maybe in America, 
We cannot allow our hearts to become indifferent towards different segments of human beings in this state. But the other one, and this is probably even as great, they're equally destroying, and we will not see the revival we're believing for, and that is inconvenience. I wonder why they passed on the other side. Well, man, I got to get to the temple. I, I'm preaching a sermon today. Well, I got to go. I'm, I'm leading a worship song. Hava Nagila, I got to go practice. Hava Nagila is a Jewish song. Okay, that did, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. I was trying to be funny, but it didn't work. Can I say right now, inconvenience is a lifestyle of rigidity, no margins, and no flexibility. And the, that man, the good Samaritan, he had to be a good businessman as well. And I just want to stop. Up, 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 up. I'm going to give a plug for the marketplace. You cannot, I cannot be a good Samaritan if I'm not a good financial person. Because you can't go and take care of their needs if you need your own needs taken care of. And most people walking on that road didn't have an animal. They were walking on their feet. That man was probably walking on their feet, but his feet because he got uh, robbed by a band of robbers. If he had a donkey he could have kicked Shrek right in the donkey and he could have went on are you with me we need to begin to change our lifestyle where we make room when hurting people come into our life we could give them our full heart our full mind our full attention because people will only experience future glory when we give them our best self Come on, am I the only person, you know, they're trying to talk and I'm, I'm already trying to preach to them. Oh, well, you know, they have sin. Well, you know what he did. You know what she did. Instead of fully being present, he gave the, this man who he did not know his best self. Let's, let's continue to read. We got to continue to read this and then I will try to finish. And it says he had compassion. He went to him. You know, get this. He bandaged his wounds. Now, I don't think he had a medical kit on the donkey. Which means he probably had to rip a shirt or a cloth. Now get this, not only bandage, pouring on oil, all oil and wine. Pouring on oil and wine. You know that word pour, it's a unique Greek word. It's a similar word when Mary poured oil lavishly on the feet of Jesus. This guy spared no expense. The oil was to soothe. The, the wine was to medicate. And it says here, not only did he pour in oil and wine, he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Personally took care of him. You know what's interesting being a pastor for? Almost 37 years, when a need with a person comes up, who do you think they call? Jude, Becky, Rick, Maureen. And it's like, it's your friend. Did you pray for him? You could pray for him. Did you go take care of him? Did you put him in your car, take him to the doctor? Did you get your checkbook out and go buy him three bags of grocery? Why is it always just the organization called the church? That can't save anyone in one sense. We need all of us to be the church. Are you with me on that? No, look, at he took care of him. Say that with me. He took care. No, 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 no. We got to do it more. He took care of him. One more time. He took care of him. I, I just got to stop. Uh, Lori Kump, who was a teacher for years in our school. I will never forget this story as long as I live. They had a little boy between four and five came in. And he said, you know, she said, what's wrong? You see, when we change our mind, 
in our lifestyle. I believe most of us, our hearts are not indifferent, but we have to change our lifestyle. We do, Americans do not want to be inconvenienced. We tap our foot at the microwave when we put a bag of popcorn in it. In that day, Lori noticed his countenance was down. And she said, hey, babe, what's going on? He goes, well, I left today. And I, I realized I didn't even tell my mom that I loved her. And Lori, not only did she have a heart that was not indifferent, she had compassion. She got out of her iPhone and she said, well, let's film it right now and I'll send it to your mom. Three days later, four days later, a week later, that little boy would pass away. Something was going on in his body. And that woman, his mother, had that video from that child. And you said, how did that happen? Because she's not just a teacher. She's not just a believer. She's not just a church attender. I want California to be saved. And for California to be saved, every one of us in this room and online, we have to change our heart and we have to change our lifestyle. I will not just be a person who's indifferent. I want to give them my best self. People say to me all the time, I want to be a youth pastor like you. Were you the best one? I wasn't the best one, but I will tell you what I was. I was the one who gave them everything that was in me, and I gave them my best. Can I say, you say, were you the best dad? I don't know if I was the best one, but Jude, John, and Jake got my best and my all. God needs a church that gives their best and their all. So next week is build together offering and I don't want to come with an indifferent heart I want to be able to say yeah I put some of me into this if that's how California can be saved come on come on and I'm like you I, I, I want the miracles to happen in an instant but this story that Jesus is telling it didn't because he had to put him on the animal, and then let's just read the rest. Oh, my goodness, I'm trying to preach. I'm trying to be like, you know, uh, Chuck Smith and just go through the scriptures. It's not working. Help me, Lord. <laughs> on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii. Well, let's go up. Pouring oil and wine, he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn. Shout out the word inn. And took care of him on the next day when he departed. He took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I again, uh, come again, I will repay you. So which one of these three do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And I love it that Jesus didn't add the tagline and he deserved it. We all deserve to fall amongst thieves. Because we've all done wrong. Now get this. And the lawyer said, he who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Can you say amen? Now let me just tell you what's really interesting. The band's going to come up in as we end. Probably about a decade after this gospel was written by a Gentile doctor, Dr. Luke, they found in an archaeological dig a plank that said in. And the cost to stay at an no, it wasn't Holiday Inn. It wasn't the Ritz. It wasn't Motel 6 or Super 8. This was a pretty rough inn. But to stay in that, in, in, in that time was 132 of a, a denarii, which means that when he gave the innkeeper two denarii, that he could stay and be, uh, eat, be taken care of, for more than two months, and he said, hey, and 
If you need to go further, go further. California cannot be saved by little giving, by mediocrity, by indifference. We have to be willing. I want America saved. I was not born in Canada. I was not born in Italy. I was born in the United States of America. And anyone, maybe you were born in another nation, but if this is now your home, come on. We want to build an America where we're going to not have to pass on the other side and we don't come on you can be aware but not care I don't want to just be aware of needs I want to begin to care and take care of needs and have an action that's greater than my feeling are you with me on that that's how America will be saved can you say amen can you say yeah Lord I want to tell you this it's really really amazing they have a wealthy businessman his name is Adam from Santa Barbara and Probably about the last year and a half, he's been coming to City Church, California. And he's in a relationship with Christ now. He's accepted Christ. When COVID hit in Santa Barbara, he saw on his Facebook page that some elderly people couldn't go out just to get prescriptions because of COVID. And they felt that they were at risk. So Adam posted on his Facebook page, talk about a good Samaritan. He said this, he said, if you need groceries or your prescriptions, direct message me and I will go get your groceries and your prescription. Present day, post-COVID, Adam had to create an organization. It's called Adam's Angels. And every week they hand out food, to over 800 people. And you know what? People are having attention. You know what else Mother Teresa said? Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. But whenever necessary, use words. I don't think God needs the church anymore to pass on the other side. We have to be moved with compassion where we have action. And this is what I put, a lifestyle willing to be inconvenienced. This is where I'm ending. I've been in a lot of churches, big churches too. Small churches, medium churches, anointed churches, dead churches, all types of churches. Churches in a bar, a cinema, a cathedral. One thing I always hate, and I've heard very notable pastors, speakers, ministers say this. And it bothered me then, and after reading this story, it really bothers me. This is what they say. I'll try to imitate them. The ministry would be good if it wasn't for people. The ministry is people. Our church is simple. We're about God, and we're about all people. And we will not pass on the other side in indifference. And we will be willing to be inconvenienced. And I will use my own money, my own time, my own energy to bring healing to different people. And I totally believe it's not just going to be a platform where the worship is this and the preaching is that. It's when every one of us who call this place home that we have a conviction and a burden that Jesus Christ has. And it's like, I want you to go after the ones you're not 
comfortable with, that you don't understand, that you've already judged, that you think they would never be welcome, that they'd probably ruin the church if they showed up. Can I tell you, God is for everyone who lives in California, and he is pleading with us right now with the Holy Spirit saying, are you willing to be uh, inconvenienced, and are you willing for me to enlarge your heart? And this is what I felt impression in my life. Let me quote Deuteronomy. The Lord you said, what is a great command? Jesus says, how do you read it? You're the expert. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Then he takes Leviticus and to love the stranger, the alien, your neighbor as yourself. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.